standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, episode 372, coming to you on March the 9th. That's 2023, folks. And today we're going to have a little fun. Before we do that, let me just remind you, you can help me by like, sharing, and subscribing to this program. If you're particularly enthusiastic about the content here, you can rate and comment on this here podcast. So here we go. On with the show. We are going to entitle it, Things That Don't Upset Jeff Leach As Much As Popular Sovereignty. <laughs> it's kind of long, isn't it? Or how about, Things That Are Less Bothersome To Jeff Leach Than Popular Sovereignty. No, that's still pretty long. Um, we could just shorten it to, Things That Don't Seem To Bother Leach. Okay, let's go with that. Things That Don't Seem To Bother Leach. Now, before I go any further, let me just state for the record, some of this material is in fact tongue-in-cheek, meaning not entirely truthful and not entirely serious. You, the listener, can determine where that line is. There's evidence to suggest (laughs) that it could all be truthful, but that evidence is... (laughs) Not substantial and largely accusations. (laughs) But be that as it may, again, this is meant largely in good humor. Uh, Think of it as the top 10 list from the years where David Letterman was actually still good. So, again, things that don't bother Jeff Leach. And for those of you that don't know, just, just... He is one of the state representatives in Texas who is adjacent to where I live. And while he was at one time a conservative stalwart, uh, he seems to be more interested in Jeff Leach and his career now than doing what his constituents want. I'm hoping to be surprised this session, but based upon his recent actions, I will not be holding my breath. So here we go on with the show. All right, number one, Democrat chairman. Yes, it seems when you get a majority in the Texas House, you don't actually run it as if you have a majority. No, no, we split the honors. And I've heard all the, well, I shouldn't say all, I've heard the majority of the arguments as to why this is both good and okay. Um, I'm not convinced. They do have a few valid points. But at the very least, I would expect some minor agitation at the point of giving some of these choice committees to leftist Democrats. Oh, wait, I'm repeating myself. Let's just go with progressives, since progressives are both Republican and Democrat in many, many cases. Okay, number two, things that apparently don't bother Jeff Leach. Democrats fleeing the state to break quorum. Yeah, there was no punishment there. There was very little outcry for punishment there, and very little was done as far as retribution. In fact, you may be surprised if one or more of those Democrats that fled the state to break quorum didn't get appointed to a chair or vice chairmanship. Funny how that works, doesn't it? Number three, 
leftist progressive school boards in his district. Yes, uh, our great conservative crusader has been virtually silent at what's been happening to the school districts that are within his district. Now, I understand there is something called staying in your lane, right? And we want people that represent different areas to generally stay to their own thing. But at least one of our state reps has said, yeah, this is a problem. We probably need to look at this. But um, largely crickets from HD 67. Number four, boys in the girls locker room. That's right. Apparently the bill to protect the ladies restroom was a bridge too far and we couldn't get that done. And surprisingly, we didn't hear anything out of 67, how this was a travesty and how we were going to fix it this time around. Hey, but don't worry. We're going to make sure that government's going to pay for your period products going forward, ladies. Just saying. All right. Number five, gender abuse. Yes. Well, we would call it gender affirming surgery if we were progressives, but in the real world, it is child abuse to perform unnecessary surgery on children. But apparently that is not as problematic for our state representative. It is is for some other people. And let's go. Number six. Yes. Well, we're on the topic of schools, porn in schools. So whether or not you think it's true or it's there, do your own research. Like I always say, don't trust anything I say. Always look into it yourself. But there is lots of books in the school districts that have pornographic material, pornography, and it's available to minors. Now, they may say it's quote-unquote educational, but that's still not okay. But apparently, that doesn't rise to the level of Jeff Leach speaking against that. All right, number seven. Well, this should be an easy one here, right? The border. It appears that the Texas state border is not worthy of concern. <laughs> I'm not sure why and how that's the case, but, uh, hmm. It just seems to be that's what's happening. It seems that, wow, just can't get that phone off fast enough. All right. It seems that, uh, the concern is not enough to actively address the issue or pressure our governor to actually do something more than make speeches. Nope. Nope. Doesn't raise to the level there. All right. Now we're going to, we're going to drift off in here. So apparently, apparently things that are less concerning, the worship of Baal, now, before before you uh, before you go off, the worship of Baal isn't necessarily the idol. It isn't necessarily all that is informative. But the people that worship Baal were known for doing certain things or being involved with certain things, and we're not calling those out either. And apparently, while we're at it, Astrith. Oh, yeah, those are the people that threw away all the sexual mores and kind of do what they want to do. I, I'm just saying, maybe he's okay with the worship of that too, because he doesn't seem really concerned about it. And when you're going to call me on the carpet for this, realize that this is just an all-encompassing term 
there are other details involved here. And again, you can determine whether I'm being tongue in cheek on this or not. It's supposed to be in good fun. There's always truth in satire. It's just your determination of what's percentage of truth and what's not. And you know what? Oh, doggone it. I forgot number 10. Oh, I know. How about this? Things that bother Jeff Leach less. Oh, and that's the punchline. It's coming. Having Joe Biden as the president. Seems that uh, Jeff was really bothered by the former president, and he was quick to approve and applaud the resident-in-chief. And, oh, don't bring up any voter fraud or corrupt elections because you'll get your hand slapped. Shame on you. All right, so that was your number 10. Okay, and what am I referring to now? Well, for those of you that haven't been following along, Jeff has made it clear that if you support popular sovereignty, if you think that Texas ought to be able to vote on a referendum on whether or not they ought to explore independence, well, you're a traitorous, seditious, evil person, and nothing that you do or say matters because that's what you are. So that is hyper concerning to him that, you know, somebody might stand up for popular sovereignty, but all the rest of the things I listed clearly don't bother him as much because he hasn't been nearly as declarative on that being a problem. I mean, if we're going to make justifications and judgments, it seems only fair that we hold the line on the same context. Now, for those of you that might be thinking that I'm not being fair and I'm being mean, again, You can use your own judgment, what part was satire and which part was real. But I would say to this, I have met Jeff Leach personally multiple times. I don't hate the guy. I was hopeful that now that he had a nice seat that was safe, he would return to his former self, right? When he was a conservative stalwart in his freshman term. To be fair, he has done lots of good things on the issue of pro-life. He has been instrumental in getting a few things passed that we are happy and supportive of. So while I am going to bust him on the chops about this, I'm not sure at this point that I'm ready to throw out the baby with the bathwater, metaphorically speaking. It is my sincere hope that some of this gets back to Jeff and Jeff would maybe reconsider his harsh, unrealistic attitude and behavior when dealing with people that are nominally on his team. It seems very disturbing to me that he would spend so much time virtue signaling and catering to leftists and progressives that actually hate the guy. Then he would just partner with the people that are already on his team. He's in a nice safe district now. I mean, he had a 20 point win. I mean, Not sure what he's concerned about. When you get 60-40 in your district, you're pretty bulletproof from the Democrats. You would think that you might want to be a little more aggressive on doing the right thing and standing up for the people in your district. You would think that you might be pushing that Overton window back. We were all willing to accept that compromises had to be made in order to keep the guy in because he was going to be light years better than his Democrat opponent. But that's simply not the case anymore. There's not going to be a legitimate opponent on the Democrat side for quite some time. What I actually think is more likely to happen is he's going to continue on the path that he has shown over the last couple of terms of 
going to the middle, punching right, and quite frankly, being rude to his own constituents and people in his county. And he's going to find that he's going to end up with a good primary opponent in the future. Of course, I could be just speculating. I could be just guessing here. But I will tell you that I sincerely want for all of our state reps to be solid, good people. And I can agree to disagree with a lot of people on a lot of different things. Just as an aside, I did that just last night. I I have a friend of mine. We were in a meeting. We had a discussion. We're on the opposite side of the issue. Without calling names or disparaging or anything like that, we had a discussion of why we don't agree with each other. We agreed to disagree. We agreed to move on. We have so many other things that we're working on that are important to us that we agree upon that it's not worth breaking fellowship over that. And really and truly, that's what I try and do with everybody that's on our team. And it's very frustrating to me when we have our leftists that we don't purge, when we have our moderates that we cater to. Well, now, don't get me wrong. Moderates are part of the party. Moderates have always been part of the party. Whether or not they're a plurality or majority or minority, whatever, they still need to be treated as equals. They still needed to be treated fairly. The progressives, though, they undermine us. They, they destroy us. They make us neutered in one of the things that we need to do. What I need to see out of the Texas legislature this term is some aggressive, positive reform or improvement to various laws. God forbid they would actually stand up for the state of Texas and push back against the federal government. You know, it's not lost on me that a great number of quote unquote conservative commentators, particularly on the radio, have been weighing in on the issue that really is underlying the basis of this episode. And whether or not Texas is a good thing or a constitutional thing or the best thing, when some of them have divorced their wives or their husbands, depending on the situation, because it was no longer tenable. I'm not suggesting there was any malfeasance, anything terrible going on there. I'm just saying they couldn't make it work any longer. And they were able and willing to do that for themselves in their own lives. Yet they're speaking out against us, we the people of the state of Texas, exploring that same option with our abusive federal government. You know, it's no surprise to me that there are a lot of people that believe the union is for the best. I can make that argument. It's no surprise to me that people think that Texas is better off as part of these United States and these United States is certainly better with Texas staying with it. I can make that argument too. And I'm sympathetic to that argument. But the idea that we should continue to sacrifice ourselves and and quite frankly, hobble ourselves in order to help people that refuse to help themselves, that's a little disappointing. that's That's a little ridiculous. It's frustrating me as an activist, as a political animal, as somebody that's involved both at the local and to some degree at the state level, that I have to be told not only am I wrong on an issue by the very people that I help, by the very people I support, but they want to write me out 
of the party I belong to. They want to they want to limit the influence that I have. They want to send me off into the sunset because their reasons. I try very hard to not do the same thing to those that are the opposite of me that are still within the big tent, if you will. So when you're going to talk about grace, when you're going to talk about unity, that is a two-way street. You progressives out there, probably none of which are listening to me right now, but you rest of those folks out there that know the progressives, remind them that we're showing grace to them, that we're willing to work with them. And the reason why they should know that is because We haven't taken to the streets like they have done multiple times. And the reason that they should know that is because we don't get angry and act out like they do. I don't advocate that. I think, God forbid that we ever come to that point. I think most of these things can be solved sanely, legally, and bloodlessly. I saw a comment last night and at first I was taken aback and at first I wanted to push back. But then when I thought about the larger context and I saw the follow-up comment from this person whom I don't know, he was positing the theory that Texas or quite frankly, any kind of national divorce cannot happen bloodlessly because at least one side won't allow it to happen. I think he may be right. I don't know that he's right, but that is a valid concern. So we have to be in lockstep. We have to be unified. Once the decision's made, what we're going to do, we have to purge our loyalists and send them back from where they came from. We have to deal with our Yankees. And for those of you that aren't aware of that term, Yankee can refer to anybody, particularly from the North, uh, that you might call a Karen, or in this case, The more inclusive term, courtesy of Brian McClanahan, is anybody that thinks that they know better than you and wants to institute their way of viewing things or their way of doing things upon you without having to listen or concern themselves with what you think about that issue. That would also be a synonym for maybe progressive, right? They always think they know what's best and they're going to give it to you and they're going to give it to you good and hard. (laughs) You know, and, and and I'll be honest, you cannot do in a 30 minute podcast, a deep dive into much of anything. Now, Brian McClanahan and Tom Woods and Chris Ann Hall are much better at this than I am. One, because they have a much uh, more well-read, especially on those specific topics they deal with, uh, background and obviously a much better education. I mean... I don't have a PhD from Columbia (laughs) or JD, but I try and focus on general principles and apply them on the local level, the county level and the state level. And where the rubber meets the road is these general principles. When they're being violated, they need to be dealt with. And the fact that we can't figure that out or we oppose it and we work against it, that's to our own detriment. It's okay to disagree with somebody, right? I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of these good faith discussions that go on online and YouTube channels and whatever else. The only problem is oftentimes they're not in good faith. They're, they're not fair. They're not even handed. I, I think that's a shame. 
I think the fact that we have run away from discussing politics and religion for decades now, we've created multiple generations that cannot or will not discuss either of those issues. And they're very important to your day-to-day life. They're very important to how you operate and how you live. Bringing back my old tagline, you may not care about politics, but politics cares about you, is as true now as it was then and as it ever will be. Because as long as there's liberty lovers, liberty lovers, there's going to be progressives. There's going to be, that's right, Yankees. They're going to make you do what they think is best for you to do. And they're going to use the government to do it. And the whole idea that we want to take power away from government and that nobody should have the power, that's good in principle. That, that's, that's good in theory. But in practice, somebody's always in power. Somebody always has the upper hand. Wouldn't it be better for the people that we trust, the people that um, are on our team to have some of that power, if for no other reason than to hold the line? Once again, this is going to also pivot into another frustration I have and that I've brought up on more than one occasion. The churches, and when I say the churches, I've got the little scare quotes up, right? The churches in America have pre-programmed, and I'll even narrow it down. The white evangelical churches have pre-programmed their people that they should be appalled by and separate from politics. They should not be involved with it. It's dirty business and they need to stay apart. Well, that's only left a bigger void to be filled by the progressives. They, quite frankly, don't care about our religion. They don't care about our independent thought. They don't care about our private property. Now, I'll ask you, would you rather have somebody that's on our team get in a position to hold the line and push back and maybe fall? It happens. Good pastors fail. Good leaders fail. We're human. You can deal with that person because if they are once upon a time a good person, once upon a time a person of good repute, they can be redeemed. They can be brought back. It happens. But if you turn everything over to those that are evil, those that are looking to oppress, those that are opposed to anything that is good and beautiful, what do you expect? You can't continue to sit on the sidelines. You can't continue to trust, apparently, Jeff Leach to do the right thing all the time. Yes, I know it's not fair. I know you would rather sit at home and watch your TV or eat your pizza or spend time with your kids or, in my world, go live on your uh, homestead. Yeah, I I would love to do those things. But as a practical matter, I can't. Because if there aren't people like me that are involved in pushing back, there's nothing to stop them. And it's not me. There's thousands, if not millions of people like me or better than me, quite frankly, that do what I do. They push back. They, maybe they do a podcast. Maybe they do their activism in a different way. Maybe they go to school board meetings. Maybe they go to the city council meetings. Maybe they go to the commissioner's court. Maybe they travel down to Austin. Maybe they even go to D.C. to lobby on doing the right thing. Maybe they have the time and money to invest in that that I don't. But everybody needs to do their part. Everybody needs to be involved. You can't just coast and say, well, God's going to sort it out. You can't just coast and say, Well, nothing's going to happen. 
Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's all God's plan. I agree with you. It is all God's plan. But perhaps his plan requires and includes us getting off our butts and doing the work that he sent us here to do. Perhaps it requires us to actually occupy like we were commanded to do so. But if you continue to coast by and just accept the leftovers, the scraps off the table, how is that going to end well? How is that going to be what's best for us going forward? I'm going to suggest to you that it's not, and it won't be. I'm going to suggest to you that, hey, maybe we don't agree on 100%. Guess what? Nobody really does. But if we're at 80%, we need to be on the same team. We need to be working on the things that we agree on. We need to be pushing back. We need to be aggressive in standing for individual rights, individual liberty, the community that exists. We need to look out for the smallest minority, which is the individual, which is why we have a constitutional representative government. The federalism is there to provide those checks and balances to push back against each other to protect us, we the people. But if we're not going to take advantage of those checks and balances, we're not going to put in good people that are going to support and work with those checks and balances, and we're not going to have strong advocates well, we might as well be China. We might as well be Cuba, Venezuela, Canada. We can't continue to continue and continue and continue doing the same thing, which is virtually nothing, and expect for things to get better. It requires hard work. It requires effort. It requires a willingness to sacrifice just a little bit of your time, your money, and your efforts. And while I enjoyed poking fun of uh, Representative Leach the first 10 minutes of this episode, I still don't hate the guy. I still don't wish bad things for him. I still don't want for him to be on the scrap heap of history. But I do want him to do the right thing. I do want him to serve his district well. And if he cannot or will not, then yes, we need to find a good candidate to primary him. You got any ideas out there, people? <laughs> oh, and by the way, when and if you find somebody, they're going to need at least a half a million dollars to even take the time to put their name on the ballot because our state reps have now made it so expensive to run. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough road to hoe. <laughs> well, don't be, don't be fraught. The world is not over. Texas is not going anywhere. Uh, Christ is still on his throne. And tomorrow is another day. And guess what? I'll be there. Well, at least unless the Lord takes me home. Until then, I will see you on the other side.